This is the I Might Be Wrong podcast. I'm Connie, and I have Stevie B with me. And today's topic is what, Stevie? It is how to work Christianity. So today, we're going to be talking into this conversation. Before we get there, a brief introduction of what this podcast is going to be. We're going to be having conversations about biblical topics, theology, church happenings, um, things we see in the Bible and in our culture today that we want to discuss. And we're going to be bringing on random guests as we go through this. Um, but we thought this would be a fun atmosphere because sometimes Stevie B and I have conversations. And then sometimes these conversations get so big that other people join in on them and we'll be standing in a building and 20 people will be standing around talking about this with us. And so it's not just us that likes to talk about these different topics. Um, other people do as well. So we're going to jump into some of those. Before we go too far, though, just a little bit background about each of us um, that brings us into this. We know we're not qualified to talk about these topics in any way, no. um, but we're going to enjoy the process and we're going to lean on the Bible. We're going to lean on theologians and other people who are qualified to talk about these topics in different ways as we go about this. But Stevie B and I each have similar backgrounds and similar beliefs but to varying degrees. So I thought a fun way to kind of introduce each of us to those who don't know us is, Stevie B, what is your church background and what are three uh, podcasters or three pastors that you listen to frequently? Or you can do more than three as well. So let's start with your church background a little bit, just quickly. So I actually don't know the specific names for what my churches were. I only really remember that they were all small. Um, and I did not really ever go to a large church. I always went to that family type where you always knew the pastor, you knew everybody that was there. And I'd say it was, if I had to throw it out there not knowing it, it was maybe Pentecostal, Charismatic, one of those that are commonly used. But we believed in the Bible, we believed that it was the Word of God, and that um, speaking in tongues was something that we did. And it was just normal to me. So what was the largest church you ever went to in numbers? Oh, man. I don't think it ever reached 100. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I went to Heartland once, so that, but, one, that one probably topped a couple hundred. But you weren't a regular attender of no. that church. You wouldn't nope. call it that was your home probably church. Probably 50 people was probably the standard. 50 is your average? Okay. Maybe lower. Maybe 12. So what are... Maybe 12? Yeah. <laughs> What are three pastors or podcasts that you listen to frequently? You can go above that if you have a couple extra to add on. Um, one person that I really like listening to is Dan Muller. Uh, he's probably my favorite. Um, and then Todd White is another one. They're kind of in the same ministry, though. Two, diff- two very different um, outlooks, yet in the same field. And then Michael Todd is another one that I really like. Mm, Michael Todd. For, yeah, he's a, he's a good one. He's definitely different than what I usually go for. I mean, sometimes I kind of clash with what he says, but I think he's, he does it in a really unique way that's relevant. And mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah. So I'll do my background and then Michael Todd, I ha- wasn't on my list, but I have to add him now too. But my background is Pentecostal, Pentecostalism, whatever you want to say about that. The kind where you, uh, people get slain in the spirit, you lay the holy, holy rags or holy uh, towels on so no one really steps on them. That's the point of that. And so they stay warm. Uh, <laughs> I never totally got that. Maybe we can go into that someday. Uh, that was a kind of, that pastor came from a word of faith background. Um, and that was before I went to college. And when I went to college, I was at a Southern Baptist church. And I really loved that. And 
I almost went into seminary through them, and I, I really appreciate their theology and the way they think and the way they attack the church and go after the, the culture of the day to, to bring church and the Bible into relevancy. Um, now we both are at a church that is non-denominational. It's awesome. With a charismatic background, Pentecostal background, Assemblies of God maybe kind of feel, a Bethel kind of feel, but it's a true mixture of denominations. We have people on our leadership who come from uh, EV free churches, and, and we have some people who come from a, a Baptist mix, um, New Age kind of Baptist, that Southern Baptist kind of mix, some people with a Lutheran background. So we really have a, a broad mix. It's uh, a nice mix, though. It is a nice mix. I don't think we clash really too much. We're really just seeking what does the Bible say and, and going from there in, in most ways. I'm sure our backgrounds always come through in what's presented and how it's presented by the different pastors, but that's just going to be the way it works for everyone. Uh, my podcast, my podcast people I listen to, my all-time favorite pastor is Judah Smith of Church Home in Seattle. Uh, he's always been my favorite. I love the way he introduces everything. I like Michael Todd as well. He's new, but I love him so much. Uh, he's so great to listen to. And uh, someone else I really like, and one of my favorites is Matt Chandler out of the Village Church, and I believe in Dallas. And he doesn't, he didn't go to school to be a pastor in any way. He took over a church of like a couple hundred, turned into one of the largest churches in America, I think. And now they with the idea of downsizing. Like they grew really big and he's like, this is not who he's supposed to be there. So they're downsizing now and it's really cool. I like them a lot. Um, and I love his theology. He's, what's he call himself? Like a Baptist Pentecostal or something. Like he has a Baptist background and that's his theology life there. But he believes in the gifts and the, the spiritual gifts that manifest themselves. He's a, a continuous, not a sensationist. So he believes the gifts are still happening today. He's not a picker and chooser. He's like, if it's what the Word of God says, then that's what we're looking at. So I really like him. Um, and then I like listen to random people such as Rich Wilkerson Jr. and uh, Vu Church and who's the other guy? Oh, Levi Lusco of Fresh Life Church. I like him a lot too. I've not heard of him. So he's really fun to listen to. He's really enjoyable. He brings things into your mind in a really cool way. Okay, so now we've got our background a little bit. Let's go into the topics we're going to go into. And so the topic was, Stevie B, what was it? Well, I call it how to work Christianity, but that's kind of a play on words as well. Um, we're talking about Christianity in the workplace. And I thought it was a really cool thing to dive into. I didn't know it was going to be our first one, but it was just one that I threw out there. Uh, and I started looking into this because uh, one of the pastors that I listened to, he said that when he first got saved, the first thing that God worked on him with was a job. Like, you need to get a job. You need to provide. That is something that I put you on this earth to do. And ever since that, it, it made me think about it in a whole new way. And so I have looked into it, probably not as thoroughly as I could have, but it's just, it's just one of those things that I think would be a really cool topic. So that is what we chose for our first one. Yeah, so... The way we're kind of going to do this is Stephen, Stevie B is going to bring a lot of topics. He's just a thinker kind of guy, and I like talking about these topics too. But we're going to bounce back and forth a little bit. But I'm going to kind of send us into the topic and sometimes just let Stevie B go with it. So with this topic, so we were made to work. Uh, I recently was preaching at church, and I talked about how in the very beginning, 
God gave Adam a job to tend the garden and to watch over it. So he had a job from the very beginning. So the idea that we aren't supposed to work, I would say, is wrong. We are supposed to work. But on that topic, what about Christians specifically are you looking at when you're looking at this topic? Uh, I feel like the Bible has a lot more to say um, when I read it anyway, my view has a lot more to say about people in submission at work, not as much leaders in far as secular workplaces. It talks a lot about leaders in the church, but as far as people who work normal everyday jobs, I found a lot of places um, like Second Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12 is just one of them to throw out there where Paul actually scolds people who are not working and he calls them busybodies. That's, um, I don't know which exact verse it was, but where he says, if you don't work, you're not gonna eat. Um, and then Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, which is a lot of where I get mine from, where Paul urges slaves to submit under authority, as if they were working for God and not for men. So I feel like that is in itself something that we should look at when we're working, because if you have that mindset where you're not working for men, but you're working as a blessing under the employment of the Father, then that's like a whole new opens up a whole new world for when you're working, especially in a secular environment where the F-bomb might be thrown out a hundred different times a day or people slack off constantly, which I have had both experiences. <laughs> and I feel like anyone who works in a secular environment is going to have that experience at one point or another, depending on if you have customers or if you're alone with your coworkers. But so yeah, let's just dig right into it then. So to kind of summarize your thesis, you believe the Bible says we're called to work, we're supposed to work, and on top of that, we're supposed to work a certain way. We should have an attitude or mentality as I we do, go I do believe that, yep. So, so d on that point, what is the attitude? What's the, the way Christians are supposed to work, and where do you get that? Um, I think just in general, when I read the Bible, I always see a spirit of excellence in everything that Jesus did. I mean, you never saw him slack off, and I mean, he's the one who we're supposed to model after, but I feel like when a secular employee or a Christian employee, whoever it is, when they hear that you're a Christian, and I don't think that you should be afraid to bring that up when you are in an interview, I think that's actually something that's commendable because I think not, obviously not in today's world because there's so many people who claim that they're Christians and they suck. <laughs> <laughs> they do not do a very good job at their, at their job. But when, what I think that Christians need to cultivate is that when someone hears that there's a Christian they're hiring, they know what they're going to expect. They're going to have someone who is excellent in everything that they do. They don't slack off because the Bible says not to be men pleasers, not for eye service, um, because we serve God and God sees everything. So if you know that God sees everything, then you're not going to slack off because, and not to have that intimidating factor where, oh my gosh, God's looking at me, I need to do this. But just out of that servant heart that Jesus was talking about, I think that is what I want to cultivate in my job, and I feel like every Christian should strive for in any job that they do. That's an interesting thought. I don't know if I've, I've referenced that I've worked at a church in a job interview before. I don't know if I've ever explicitly said, I'm a Christian, and using that as a point of emphasis as to why I should be hired. I've never used it that way and never thought about that way, that because I'm a Christian, you should see and it should be ex evident that I work hard, that I'm not going to be lazy in what I do, and my working will, uh, will reflect everything. That'll be a good environment for where I work. So on that topic, though, 
let's flip that over. What today makes people not want to do that? Or do you see a place where employers would go like, I don't want to hire that person because they're a Christian? Like I can think of a few instances that are employers who go, no, I don't want to hire you if you're going to be like, I'm a Christian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think on the flip side, um, oversharing your faith. That would probably be a big one, especially if someone has been turned off to Christianity in the past and you come up front and you're like, I'm a Christian. Like, I love Jesus. They're like, oh, great. This guy's going to hammer me over the head constantly mm -hmm. while I'm working. I really don't want to talk to him yeah. sometimes. And I feel like that would be a misconception. So, and we can get into that later of what the correct, what I believe the correct thing is, because that's my opinion. Yeah. And um, on the flip side also, I think that there's just common stereotypical people out there who are religious. They claim to be Christians and they have that religious mindset and they think it's all about them. So, I mean, they're going to try and get angles. They're not going to be working from that mindset of, I'm here to be a blessing to my employer. I'm here to be a blessing to my company and I'm going to act on and off the job like I believe Jesus should. Yeah. And so when they come from that view on the flip side where it's all about me, you have a lot of money, I need money, uh, I'm a Christian, but I'm really not going to let that show. I feel like that's a lot of what Christians are today. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say the, the negatives I too, when people hear Christian, a lot of, in my mind, I've heard people say that, uh, what comes to their mind is Westboro Baptist, like in your face, like, oh, you're gay, you're wrong, you're going to hell, and saying that all the time, repeated these kind of things, holding up signs and, and making it evident in negative ways. And, and the point of that, that they think of, re the reason they think of that is because it builds walls. And that's what companies don't want. These companies today that I've been involved in talk about culture all the time, how like they want to have a culture that invites everyone and everyone can be a part. And so we don't exclude anyone in Christianity in and right. of itself. You, it's an inclusive, exclusive idea. You can, anyone can be in, but if you're not in, you're excluded. Yeah. And so yeah. employers would be like, I don't want to hire them because they're a Christian, because they're going to do that. And if they're going to be talking about it all the time and creating all these walls, then that could be a problem. Yes, my could be. My uh, job in college was an RA, and my, uh, the director of college uh, life, residence life, told us in one of our first weeks there, said, don't talk about religion, politics, or money. Because we'd go off in pairs and walk through all the buildings. And he said, on these walks, do not talk about these topics because they create walls. And so right away, we were told not to talk about Christianity. And this guy, um, I believe, also was not a believer, did not believe in God. I actually think he was an atheist and when the college ministry came on to campus when I was involved with, he also said, don't even go to this. They're a, they're a cult. So he was oh, pretty man. extreme in some oh, of man. his thoughts anyways. Um, but he hated anything that would build walls. And so Christianity was a big wall builder to so him. So what were, what were the three again? Uh, religion, politics, and money. Ooh. So yeah. So those are the, the dividers. So I, I can see employers being like, let's not talk about Christianity and work, let's, let's not hire people with Christians, or, or Christians saying, I don't want to say I'm a Christian in the interview, because there are some negatives as well, but I like the idea that Christians should create the atmosphere so, right. so explicitly that I'm a hard worker. I'd say two of those I agree with. The one that I don't agree with strongly is Christianity, because I feel like if we have more people who come with that mindset of being a blessing, and then and then they're, they're really great workers, they don't slack off, I mean, the boss loves them, and 
it, obviously, anyone who's going to be in that position, Christian or non-Christian, is going to be probably put in a leadership position if they show that they're capable of doing the job and doing it in excellence. Then I think that just opens up doors immediately for leadership positions. So if you also have that where they're not showing partiality when they're in leadership positions, um, I th- and, and they still talk about Christianity, I think that's good because they're going to have good mental images when they think of Christianity in the workplace then. If they know you and they know that you're an awesome guy and you're going to do work well and you're a Christian and you still talk about God, they're going to equate those two um, positively. They're not going to have negative the negative commentations that you have when you have those people who slack off and they're, oh, I love Jesus and because of that I don't need to do my job well. Yeah, I, it, going back to my college days, on that staff in the in totality, after the college ministry got there and everything, at one point, half of the people who were on the staff were Christians. And three out of the four that got into the highest positions were Christians and actually leaders in the college ministry. So we did show that a bit, and we, mm-hmm. we kind of changed his perspective on, like, that's a cult because the people he really respected stood up for their beliefs. And because he said, if you go to this, you could get fired. Like, if you're going to be a part of that, we won't rehire you. But we were so good at our jobs that he kept hiring us every year again and also um, had us uh, lead in areas that we weren't expecting to lead in. So he really valued us, and I think that helped change the perspective a little bit. But he still had that out there that, like, hey, don't talk about these things. And with your residents, don't bring these things up. And I was like... Um, no. So I continue to talk about that. But then that right there, me saying no, was could be seen as rebellious. And so there's also that side of it, too. That's your perspective, which perspective you're going to take on. Right. Um, digging into that second point of politics, I go back and forth on that. I don't think that Christians should be super biased um, at the workplace. For instance, right now, I work with um, a Mexican and he does not like Trump. Um, he talks to me. <laughs> shocking, exactly. And he has a lot of conservative views um, that you normally would see in the church. Um, I mean, and he just doesn't like the Republican Party, mainly because of Trump. And he's turned off that bit by that because of his race. And so he'll talk to me all the time about politics. I'll just, I'll just nod and I'll smile. <laughs> I'll just show him Jesus. But... Um, it's, it's really nice because I think you can't avoid it because if you don't bring it up, someone's bound to bring it up just because it's a super hot topic in today's culture is politics, um, especially recent politics. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that people want to talk to you about and they don't really care if you're a Christian or not. They just want to talk to you about it. Yeah, I think politics has created a new wall and a new division and in I would say whether it was going to be Trump or it was going to be Hillary in office, that same thing was going to happen. These divisions were going to be created either way. But there are Democrats who are Christians and Republicans who are Christians. Yeah. There are Christians who are Christians and there are not Christians who are not Christians. Like (laughs) there's a division there. And for the idea of Christianity and from that perspective, sometimes we have this idea that if you're a Democrat, you're not a Christian. Or from the Democrats' perspective, if you're a Republican, you can't be a Christian. How could you create a wall and say you love all people like Jesus? And then there's the, the conservatives who are saying, how could you, as a Democrat, be a Christian when, when you're supporting abortions? Right. So each side has their perspective on 
you have to be a Christian, you have to be one of these two parties. And if you're on mm. the Republican side, you're saying you have to be a Republican to be a Christian. If you're a Democrat, you're saying you have to be a Democrat to be a Christian for right. different reasons. Yep. So politics has, has created the split inside of Christianity itself as well. So there's a lot of facets to that that I understand not talking about politics. Right. Because as soon as you say, well, I'm a Republican, they're like, well, if you say you're a Christian, you're that kind of Christian. And, <laughs> yep. And there's a negative versa. connotation yeah. again. And so at my job for the past three years, I have not talked about my uh, voting stance mm-hmm. at all. Um, unless explicitly asked one-on-one. Right. And I've talked about that, and then that is an area for me to, to talk about it in, in frankness and through relationship. But if it's in a group, I don't want to talk about it at all because that's not relationship. That's right. that's a mob. Yep. And so I don't like talking about it in that area. And thinking um, more on that with my coworker, I've been really blessed because he has not yet asked me one-on-one mm. what my political stance is. And I've really been able to avoid talking about that because I agree with that guy on that second point as well as politics of not being the one instigating that and bringing that up because as a Christian there's just so many other ways that you could show Jesus other than even if you knew that someone agreed with you than just talking about politics Mm -hmm. because you never know when someone is going to walk in and disagree with you and people tend to get very hurt over politics yeah and and have been hurt so turning this back from politics in the workplace to Christianity in the workplace. Yes. If your boss says, hey, don't talk about politics, you're okay with that. I am okay with that, yep. If your boss says, don't talk about your religion, you're not okay with that. Um, well, personally, I'd probably come back with, it's not a religion, it's a lifestyle. So you can't keep my Jesus quiet. I, pro- I wouldn't say <laughs> Put that on like a that. t-shirt. Yeah. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, but I don't agree with that. I don't agree with keeping... It quiet because that is your life. Um, I believe that Paul Paul talks about it in his letters of if you die, you I mean when you die, your life is Christ. Like that is your life now. You have one purpose, and that is to shine and be an ambassador for heaven on earth to show people what Jesus is really like. And so I think if you're required to shut that off, um, either leave one or not to be disrespectful to the boss either, but yeah, I, I just, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't think that you should be able to. If someone asks me a question about my beliefs, I'm going to give them an answer. I'm not going to lie to them. Number one, lying is a sin. Number two, um, I just believe honesty creates a safe space. So if your boss says to do it, and not everybody's in the, the place where they go like, I have to quit my job, I'm gonna find a new job. Like I have been a place where I'm living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. If I quit my job without a job lined up, I'm in big trouble. So the Bible also right. talks about respecting your authority and those God placed yes. above you. Yep. And, and God put them there for a reason. So what would you do then? I've never actually, in my experience, had someone come up to me and say, you cannot talk about Christianity. I've, I'm, I'm sure it has happened before. I'm saying in my experience, it has never happened. I've never had that problem where someone comes up to me and says, don't talk about that. I've actually had... In both of my jobs, I've been able to talk about Jesus, and people kind of roll their eyes like, oh, religious nut again. And so um, I feel like people who don't like it are still kind of welcoming, I mean, if you don't force it on them, obviously, because there's that negative connotation. So, yeah, I would say, like you said, be respectful to your boss, and we're going to get into that too, of all the verses that talk about that. Um, but don't just... 
if someone if someone does tell that, if I was going to go to my next job and someone said, do not talk about this, and I accepted the job knowing that, I don't think it would be right as a Christian to just go behind his back and be like, hey, I really don't care. I'm going to talk about it. So if you agree to those terms, you need to stay with those terms because your word is supposed to mean something as a Christian. Um, but if someone, honestly, if someone came to me and said that, I probably just wouldn't take the job. You know, if they were that strongly opinionated about it, I might be, hey, what's your number? I'd like to talk to you about some stuff not working for you. Since you feel that way, maybe I can change your mind. But if you agree to that, I think you should stick with your word. Hmm. When my, with my job in college, we weren't, you can't hire based off religion in any right. way. Yep. So I got hired and then it was told. I took the verse that said, respect your authority and those placed above you. And I, I went with that. But my respect was not saying I'm going to listen to you and everything you mm. say. My respect was going to be I'm going to talk highly of you and respect you as a person and, and not um, devalue you in any way. So I went to the college ministry. I was involved with it. But my, my stance was when people would talk about this guy, I was not going to talk poorly about him at all. Yeah. And that was my, my bounce back then. I took it from perspective of Daniel and... Uh, they were going to say, we're going to do it our way. You, you, well, we'll show you our way is good. When Daniel said, we're going to eat the certain foods, we're going to do the Daniel fast and, and eat those things out of showing you that we can do it a certain way, that God will bless us in this way. Right. So I took it as that mentality, I guess, through that. And actually, to this day, I think he's one of the best bosses I've ever had. He's strict, hard, mm. but I really valued him as a boss and what he showed me and how he treated everyone equal. I didn't agree with everything he did, but he treated everyone the right way, I think. And his name is Luke Bahanek. I'll say it. He was great. He had that Simpson. And he continues to do well. And there was a time where even some of the RAs, we walked through the halls and we just prayed for him mm. as we were walking. That's all we did. And I thought that was really cool to take that opportunity, those stances in that way. So I think sometimes that verse can be taken out of context as like, well, he, I have to respect him, so I have to do mm, everything yep. he says. But we see in the Bible that those placed above others, they didn't do everything they said. Right. It's the way you do it sometimes. And, and that's a good point. Um, I think I should clarify. If with the example that you just gave of not knowing it and then being told when you're in the workplace, I am a strict believer that you are to honor God. You're supposed to respect your elders until God says otherwise, you know, like, like for instance, if I'm working, I, I live in America and let's say the government would say, if you're a Christian, that is illegal. Well, then I'm sorry. I respect God more than you because he is my father and I, and I love him. And then I'm going to be illegal. Like, I, I feel like there's a dividing line where, like you said, you have to understand how far respecting your earthly boss goes as far as and on the contrary side, respecting God as your boss. Yeah, yep, I agree. It's it. A lot of it comes down to taking the wisdom of those around you and seeing what God's telling you, and, and to trust the word. Yep. Above everything else. So we're getting pretty deep into this podcast. So let's go into some of the verses you had on this topic. Oh, that'd be good because we like to bunny trail a lot. We bunny trail a lot. <laughs> You're welcome, anyone listening. Yep. So I, I we already kind of talked about it, but. Um, the next point that I had was money and that was another, that was the next point you had too. So that just works perfectly. Uh, but money, I don't believe should be that big of a deal to Christians in the workplace. Um, and when I say that, let me clarify, I think you need money. I think as a man myself, I believe I need to provide, um, or a woman, if you want to provide, that's, I, 
personally don't have any contrary to that, but my wife wants to stay home. That leaves me as the provider of my family, and to do that, I need money. And so when I say that money should not be an issue, I mean that as a determining factor. Like if you really feel in your spirit that you're supposed to go somewhere and it's a less paying job, like a, I'm talking like really less paying job than what you have now, I think you should go with that and not worry about it because I believe that God is the one who gave you a job. And if he's telling you to move somewhere else, he's going to make provisions there. It's not like you went to somewhere or went somewhere. I should probably use correct verbiage since I'm in a podcast. <laughs> if you went somewhere and you applied, it's not because you applied. You did not get the job yourself. I believe God got you. It's kind of like what Jesus said to Pilate. You are of no power other than what God's given you. So to have that mindset that you're the one who got that job is, is just stupid. I think God is the one who gave you the job. And if he's moving you somewhere else, he's going to provide and you need to trust that. And money should not ever be a huge issue in that context. Wow, getting some big sovereignty yes, top topics yes. here. Getting so, real, real sovereignty, <laughs> sovereign grace, and, and all sorts of stuff. And I'm gonna, get into. I'll back that up with a, with a scripture too. Um, the one that I get it from is a passage in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And that is talking about how God clothes the grass and he provides food for the birds. And, and in the specific example of the grass, he said that withers in a day. It comes and goes in a day. And he said, if he clothes that, how much more will he clothe you? And probably so you a little faith because he says that a lot in the Gospels. But in clothing and food, those are the two things that you were talking about. And then in Matthew 6.33, one of my favorite verses personally, he said, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things that I just talked about, food, clothing, they're going to come to you. So I feel like if you have God in that high place, knowing that he's the one who gave you the job, you have to trust that he's going to keep his word and he's going to provide you with food, clothing. Um, it's kind of like in Matthew when Jesus sent the disciples. He said, don't bring any food for your journey. Only bring one pair of clothes and then just go. And I will take care of you. I feel like as ambassadors for heaven, we need to do that. We need to have that mindset and not have money be a not that money isn't important because I think if you're going to do something for God, you're going to need to have resources. And so money does play an object in today's society, but I think if you follow God, it's just going to be there no matter what. Yeah, I, there is a, we could get into that too, that's a prosperity, poverty, gospel mindset, I guess, and the poverty being like, I'm going to sell everything, everything, so I can be generous and help those around me, and poverty being like, I'm going to get, 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 get. And then I'll yeah. then I'll give some too. Yep. And different different mindsets on it on money in that way. We could talk about that someday too. But from that, here's the 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 two issues that jumped out to me when you're saying that is one. Some people are really bad at hearing God. Some people don't know what it means to hear God. Some people say I hear God and I never heard God. Hmm. Um, that is true. That's a good. That's point. that's a hard thing for some people. I can say I look backwards and go. I don't know if I directly heard God. There was a time. Let me let me give context to that. I I was working at Costco. And I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say this. I was a bad employee. I, I worked hard, but I was bad at punching in my clock sometimes. I, and so I got reprimanded quickly hmm. for that. And so both of us, Stevie B and I, we acknowledged before we started this that we are not perfect employees throughout no, our lifetime. I was also reprimanded as well. So, so. at a different job, not yes, Costco. Yes, at a different job, <laughs> not Costco, nope. Uh, we weren't just buddies there. Yes, we would have been, but we 
that was a place, for example, I talked about my Christian faith one-on-one with a lot of people. One guy with a, who was an atheist, um, and his parents went to a large church here in Des Moines, and he hated God, hated God, hated God. And I got to talk to him quite a bit, and I enjoyed those conversations that we could have one-on-one, but I was not supposed to talk about my religion because my boss was actually a, a gay guy who hated Christianity as well, hated religion mm. as well. But anyways, that's a, a bunny trail, and maybe we'll get into that at some point. But I was not a perfect employee, and... I had uh, physical problems, I had knee problems, so I had to quit that job because I was a lot of walking, carrying, lifting, a lot of physical work because I was a stalker and worked nights stocking stuff at Costco, and everyone knows there's a ton of stuff at Costco to stock. Oh, yeah. But I went to work at a church, and that church was going to pay me basically nothing, but they are going to provide me housing and food, and then pay me nothing and just enough to pay my bills. They quit paying me. Oh, man. So I got way behind on student loans, debt. I was in a place where I felt I couldn't even date, get married because I had so much problems. I didn't pay my taxes. Like I had bad money problems. And thank God by his grace, I've worked through all of that and got all that cleared up very quickly. But I got out of that job, got into a job doing web design because while working at that church, I worked on their website, built a couple websites for them, did web maintenance. Learned a lot, got a job in the web field, which got me a job to I'm at now working with technology, digital technology. I can see how God worked that, but I don't know at that time where I worked at the church where I was like, God told me to work here. I felt no. like it was just so perfect and lined up so well. I could see God's hand on it that I worked there. Right. But I don't feel like God ever told me to work there. But looking back, I'm like, that was clearly God ordained. Like, I worked there. I learned a lot, got to a place where my career is taking off now. And I'm doing great things. And and after I got out of that job, I had friends who were like, you can live with us for a while so you can pay off your stuff because I started dating and I got married. And I was like, I can't get married till I've taken care of all these taxes. This, <laughs> this debt, I'm telling that back up to where I need to be. And I was able to get there quickly and then and move forward. So I that's why I wanted to reference that. It's right. like people yep. don't hear God. And so that's a hard place. Like I took a bad job. And never heard God say, take this bad job. Like I had an, another opportunity at, at Wells Fargo where I currently work. And I could have worked there at a decent paying job right at college or shortly after I got to college. And uh, I had people who worked that similar job who said the career path is great. But I took the job at the church. Mm. So and that's a good point that's as hard. far as um, people who say they hear God mm-hmm. and they actually don't. Or... Like you said, um, not explicitly hearing like the voice of the spirit on the inside of you, and I understand that in my example, like not everyone's going to get that. Now, not everyone's going to get that leading that I um, usually hear about because when I was searching for jobs, I never had that. I just took a guess. I said, "God, um, I don't know if this is right, but I'm going to try it. I know that you'll lead me to where it is," and it actually worked out perfectly because I didn't. I got into a really rough job. I did not enjoy it whatsoever. And this guy that I used to be friends with at an old job started working in the same field. He got me a new job where he was working, and I'm loving it. I, I mean, I absolutely love this job. And so I, you're right. I did not hear mm-hmm. that leading. But I feel like, like you said, I look back, and it just worked out perfectly. I, I probably never would have gotten this job if I hadn't taken that job first. Yeah. So... That is a good point. I agree with that. Um, as far as different ways, though, that I say that I would say people could hear the spirit without explicitly hearing would be, let's say you are a tech person, okay, 
let's say you had two different tech opportunities. You knew that one was nonprofit and then one was like probably not the best. Like, and I mean, the one that was nonprofit didn't pay as much. I'm not saying that nonprofits should always be what Christians go to because obviously there's other there places that you can go, but just not letting money be that issue if you feel like you would enjoy the other job more because I feel like God will provide. Uh, I think, so funny, I went from the church to work at a nonprofit doing web design then to the career I'm at now in banking and I never wanted to work in a bank, but I see God <laughs> doing that yeah, uh, and moving in that way. I just brought that up because I think so many times Christians are lazy or to a place where they never make actions because they never hear God tell them to. And I think that's a bet. Like yes. why, I, as a parent, have a child. I never want to get to a place where my child is 27 years old and can't do anything because they're waiting for me to tell them. I want them to be grown up enough and know what they're supposed to do because I've told them what's right and what's wrong and where to go and what not to do. And I feel like God is the same way with us. And the Bible's teaching us. It's a, it's a moral compass in many ways to point you in the right direction on what to do and what not to do. And sometimes we go like, oh, I, I just got to wait around and wait for God to tell me to do something or give me the perfect job. Right. I worked at a church that didn't get paid. I worked at a nonprofit that was great. And then I worked at a bank and I said I never wanted to work at a bank. But I can see God doing that and I'm enjoying where I'm at. And sometimes I think we just need to go and do, and then God will take care of the rest and work it out for our good, as Romans 8.28 says. Yep. He works all things for the good. And so I think sometimes we just get in this place where I have to hear God say this. But I do agree there's times where you could take a less paying job. Maybe not. you don't have to hear God say it, but you're like, I'm doing the right thing, or I, I have better opportunities, or I'm just going to trust that, that I'm going to go here and do this. I'm trusting the wisdom of those around me who are saying to do it. So that was, I just wanted to point that right. out. I said there were two things. And the second one was uh, the idea of making more money, I think, is good for me. Yes. My, my philosophy is I take care of I, I, God is number one. My family is number two. Everyone else and myself are third. And I need the money to take care of my family. I want to provide for my family. But also, the Bible, the whole New Testament talks about being generous. We go from the Old Testament of tithing your 10%. To the New Testament, which I think is beyond that 10%. It's being generous. So Katie, my wife and I are actually are trying to implement where we can start setting money aside just called blessing money. Mm. Where when people come around and we feel like we need to help someone, we can just give up to a certain amount of money to someone and just say, here, take it. And no questions asked. We have that money just set aside for people because we want to start living a more generous life. Mm. And I don't believe the generous life is directly in the church. Like oh, yeah, people no. need to start living the generous life, not giving money to the church to the church to be generous. Like they need to be the generous ones yeah. and live that life out. And I think sometimes that can be done with volunteering and different ways like that. But the money, while it shouldn't be our, our driving force, like I need money in the Bible talks about money, how money can actually be a detriment to us if money's a thing we're seeking. But if we can use money in high paying jobs to be generous and Christians can be the most generous people, then I think that is great. Oh, yeah. And I should probably clarify also, if God leads you to a well-paying job, by all means, take it. Like, I, I don't think that as a Christian, you should always be like, oh, well, that's a lot of money. That's probably not God. I believe God takes care of you. Yeah. So if you need a lot of money to provide for your family, God will probably lead you to a job that has a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Or if he leads you to a job that doesn't, he will provide it another way. Yeah. So I should probably clarify that to anyone who's listening. Um, a poor job is not always a Christian's job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I think what you said is true. One of our leaders here at the church um, who leads our small group got a new job, and he said, oh, what I'm making is enough. Like, I feel really blessed. The company's blessed me, and I feel good. 
And his boss went, no, I want you to be paid more. Like, I'm not going to accept the minimum that, or the amount that you requested. I'm giving you a raise before yeah. you even started. And I think that's what happens we see in the Christian work. Like, hard workers, people who do this, and they're not trying to take advantage. They just work. God will bless, and then they can do more. And I see these are some of the most people, most generous people that I see in my life today. And they're awesome. So if Bill and Katie, if you ever listen to this, I think you guys are awesome. Um, <laughs> but the, the idea of just being generous and, and always showing that aspect of generosity is something that they model well, I think. Right. And, and the Christians and I should model and general model it well. And also on this line of thought, I just thought of this now. Um, in the Old Testament, Jacob, he went to work for Laban. Yeah. And he churned that organization, I guess you could call it mm-hmm. back then, into something that was super productive. I mean, there was money coming in, his crops grew, and it was, it doesn't say how exactly, but it was to the point where the Bible actually says Laban knew it was because Jacob was working for him. Yeah. Like that, that success came because of Jacob to the point where he didn't want him to leave. Yeah. And even in that story, that story is cool to point out too, because he worked and then he said he, cause Jacob was working to get Laban's daughter. Right. And then Laban gave him a different daughter. So Jacob yeah. had worked seven years, produced amazing results and then Laban tricked him. And then, so he did the same thing again. It worked well again. Yeah. Um, Jacob kind of tricked him back a little bit, <laughs> um, but we can see that like, even if bad things happen, we can still work the right way and still work hard and still still see the results. Yeah. So that's a good place to point out. So what was your next point? Well, my next point was complaining. That is something that I think the church is really slacking in as far as not complaining because Philippians 2, 14 through 15 is where I get this next one. It says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, the children of God, without blemish, in the midst of crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So that first verse in 14 where it says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, or in another translation it says complaining, I think that is something that Christians usually forget. Or they, they if they've read it, they forgot it, or they haven't read it. But complaining is something that is... It's not um, professional whatsoever. I think if you, when I think of complaining, I think of teenagers, you know, <laughs> jobs. And that's probably just because that's mainly who I work with. And like, like I said, going back to that, where I think Christians should be excellent in the work so that they have positive connotations. Just like I have a negative connotation with teenagers and complaining, I think Christians should make that positive connotation. But complaining is, it really is gross um, because... Um, it's not uplifting mm-hmm. whatsoever, and it usually takes time to complain. Like when you should be doing something else and you're taking the time to complain, then obviously you're slacking at your job to take the time to complain. And so on many aspects, not just Christian aspects, I think as far as professional aspects, complaining is just not cool whatsoever. And Christians who do that especially, I feel like automatically get lumped in with the secular world because... When you see people who don't complain, I don't know if you've noticed, but it is such a difference because complaining is the norm in secular world. And when you see a Christian who actually actively does not um, complain, there is a dramatic difference in the way that you're viewed. Um, usually it's as like a, a goody-goody um, when you don't, but I think it's, it's really professional and I think it's really godly when you don't because obviously the Bible says don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're working, when going back to what I said earlier, that point where 
you're not working for men, you're working for God, um, and you're in the deployment of God and you're complaining about someone that you're supposed to be a blessing to, then that's just wrong on so many levels. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It does go back to the point, your first point about setting ourselves apart if we're not going to be the ones complaining then it kind of sets ourselves apart people go like oh i want to hire christians because of that reason yeah uh i think i've seen people act a certain way or think they shouldn't be at a job so they're complaining and grumbling instead of going god gave me this job and if you're com- complaining and grumbling you're really saying to god you gave me a job that i hate yeah you're you're really yeah. complaining to god that he messed up and that he didn't do something well and whatever God makes, he, he makes it good. So I don't think that's a good attitude on that front. I think, and this is, I have some views about the prosperity gospel that, that I've seen the, the minors affect it. And I think this is one of those topics that through the prosperity gospel, I've seen this topic kind of roll out of it where people are complaining because they're like, I, God doesn't want me to be here. Like I'm sure we have something better. I just need to get going or, or the word of faith movement even like, I'm just going to keep saying, like, God, you don't want me here. I'm going to be doing this and that and trying to work themselves out of it with that mentality instead of having the mentality of, like, God, you gave me this job. I'm going to work hard at this job and pray for you to give me something else and, and talk to God about it instead of talking to the people or complaining to people publicly yeah. about it because you're not role modeling anything well that way. Right. And when you think of the contrary or not contrary, uh, I'm bad with the words sometimes. On the opposite? Yeah, the opposite <laughs> of complaining is joy. In my mind, like you're super joyful if you're not complaining, you're you're happy about everything. There's nothing to complain about, even if there is something to complain about. You should be so full of joy as a Christian because because that's one of the fruits of the spirit. Yeah, and I think I would remove one word you said right there, happy, because joy to me and happiness have that's nothing true. to do with that's each other. That's a good point. Nice catch. Because if you if you're in the workplace and choosing joy, joy is a choice. The same way as I'd say love is a choice, yeah. and you something you do and an action you fulfill. And if you're choosing joy. You're pulling the good attitude out. Right. And happiness is how do I feel? And so people at bad jobs feel horrible. And like, I don't want to be here. And I'll give an example. Katie, my wife, was at a job that she didn't enjoy. She was working until 6 o'clock, didn't enjoy that. The people around her were bad attitude people. And the last few months she was there, she said, I'm going to, God put me here, so I'm going to do something here. So she started having the best attitude possible and actually developed a really good relationship with her boss and then found out her boss wasn't even happy and got to talk to her boss and encourage her boss. Yeah. And so when she flipped to, I'm going to be positive and have joy in my heart and let that reflect outwardly what God has done in me, she got to talk to other people and encourage other people around her that she didn't have the relationships with before that. Yeah. If she had gone by what her feelings were, whether that's happy or sad or mad, she that never would have happened. She would have been upset herself. So joy is a, is a cool thing to choose. Yes. But I would just, yeah, remove yeah. that happiness. And that was a really good catch. Um, and I think the reason that it's so important to differentiate that is because, and I'm speaking primarily to Christians here, is when you see pastors who are super happy all the time, or joyful, mm-hmm. then the congregation can sometimes say, wow, I want to be like that. But they're thinking of happiness instead of joy. Yeah. And so when they go to their job the next day and something super awful happens, then they're like, oh, man, I don't know how this pastor does it. But they're, they're just in happiness mode instead of joy mode. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a really good catch on your part. So on this topic, I don't know how many points you have. Is it three or more? Um, as far as joy? It's just in your... your you said uh, this is my first point, my second point, my third point. How many points do you have? Because in this topic, in attitude, 
I think at the very beginning you talked about slavery and verses on yes. slavery. I think slavery fits into this for what the Bible says about slavery, and I have some opinions on that. But what do you think about that and the slavery verses and how they would fit into this topic? Well, um, we talked about this a little bit, and Romans 6 was the first thing that came to my head in that. And Romans 6, um, I believe it was 18 through 20. and or No, it was 15 through 20. Uh, it says, What then are we... To sin because we are not under the law but under grace. By no means do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I thought that was interesting that it actually called them slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. So and that's an interesting one. It is. But that one, I think a lot, and you can disagree, disagree with me on this that's if you fine. think. I think that one, like Paul referenced, he's using uh, human examples to talk about a spiritual life. Right. And I think there are there are in verses. context, yeah, yeah, yep. and there are verses. I, I don't disagree that like as slaves obey. When he's talking about that, that is a slave right there. You're obeying your master. I would say to more go towards verses like um, Colossians four, and which is masters treat your slaves fairly and justly. And then there's uh, Ephesians six that says slaves obey your earthly masters. Yep. So that's where I was kind of more leaning. What about those verses? Because people take those verses and say, well, I'm a slave to my job, so i got to act a certain way. Do you agree or disagree with that? that? That those verses, people are like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to wait. And we're supposed to take those verses that talks about slavery and put them on ourselves for our work. Hmm. Well, I would say just from that verse that you referenced in Ephesians 6, that's, um, it even says there um, that we serve we serve God. We don't, we don't serve mm-hmm. earthly masters, and that's where the whole excellence aspect comes from. So to say that you are a slave to your job, I, I don't think is right, because obviously, I mean, you are a slave to one job, and that is in, under the employment of the Father, and that's to be a blessing, in my opinion. So um, slave to righteousness in that verse, like you said, in context, it is talking about how Paul very well as. um uses earthly terms to describe a spiritual term. So, yeah, that's, that's a loaded question. Um, so I'll, I'll share why I struggle and don't like pulling in slavery to talk about our jobs is because it creates a bad attitude. One, slaves were, were servitude. Sometimes they were life. Sometimes it was, uh, I believe, six to seven years. And, or six years, and the seventh year they were forgiven, and they were released of their, their slavery, in the Old Testament at least. And... And I think sometimes we take that persona and we're like, well, I'm just a slave. And, I, and it creates a bad attitude for us, mm-hmm. a bad mental state, because we're talking about a people who that was their life. Like there was no turning off. Like we work sometimes five days a week. We typically work 40 hours. Some people work up to 60 or more, but that's usually the average between 40 and 60 hours. And that's all we work. That's a quarter of our week maybe. And we take that mentality and we're like, well, I'm a slave to my job. And I agree with what Paul says in Ephesians 6, that do as you would unto Christ as a slave. 
work, yes, like you're working under Christ in your job, but don't take that mentality because I just think it kind of creates this this wrong place of I'm a slave and it creates a, I better make the best of it instead Hmm. of God gave me this great job. I guess to counter that, um, whenever I think about this topic, I always try and keep in my mind, we were bought. Like there was a spiritual transaction that went on. The devil had, um, I guess he had ownership of us. And Jesus bought it back with a spiritual transaction where he died in place of us. And I think personally that that slaves to righteousness is accurate, like that we are under new ownership. And I mean, if you don't like the way that's worded, I'm sorry, that's literally what happened is Jesus bought us. And I guess to say that you should resent that, I'd say is total, (laughs) I don't know, it's, it's not good. But slaves to righteousness is so much better than just being free. I mean, we're free from sin. I mean, we're free from fear. We're free from all the works of the enemy. But we are under new ownership, I believe, because it says um, in the Bible that we are supposed to die. We're supposed to be buried with Christ and come up living with a priority in mind, and that is to spread Jesus. And so... And so to say, I think that's a little off, not that, not that people can't have that mindset, but I think the way that it should work is that we shouldn't be, um, I don't remember the exact word you used, but we should be mad about it. We shouldn't be like mad that we're still slaves because it's not really slavery. Like That's a bad connotation for the word that he used, even though it's actuality, it is what it is. Um, slavery under Christ is probably the best thing in the world because that's what you're created to do. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Here's where I would counter that to the counter. Counter to your counter is <laughs> this is a this is a, probably a place where we would disagree and maybe or not disagree but maybe see differently is I'm not saying that that is incorrect. I just think pulling that out of context yeah is I something I wouldn't do. Um, right. I'm a, I'm a a pro, uh, I'm a fan, let's put it that way. I'm a fan of exegetical teaching, I believe is how it's said, instead of topical teaching. And topical is you go into different parts of the Bible and pull out what you need for that yep. reference. And I like going and seeing what did the writer write for intent. And Paul did write on this topic. He said, I myself will work to not to not cost the church in any way. So Paul right. even talks about himself working. Yeah. And I agree that we're slaves to righteousness, but I think that's a spiritual sense and not a... Uh, a working sense and, and those two always go hand in hand yes but the when we start pulling that out when we start pulling out examples yep to to teach and to try and live our life sometimes it gets difficult especially when i see that the bible already pulled out certain parts for that in general right and i would say the slavery can be used but to put ourselves in the attitude of slavery i think is wrong the attitude of a worker i would say is right and so that's what I was kind of going to with there is, do we take the wrong attitude more than anything? And so, so you can disagree and say like, no, I think we should be pulling out these parts to talk about slavery mm-hmm. because it gives us the right attitude. I'm just saying that sometimes the to pull out different parts like that is hard for right. me. And I wasn't more saying um, that that should be our attitude, more that like it or not, this is what happened. I never referred to myself as a slave under Christ because... Um, I think there's countless verses where it talks about freedom. And I think that being, I guess, quotation marks under the employment of the Father 
is probably the most freeing thing that you could ever have because like I said, it is what you were created to do. And personally, even talking about it now, I've never really thought about it as slavery. I've never thought about it as a job, um, just more of a mindset. So like you said, spiritually, um, as far as contrary to physically, I think that's accurate because I never have that mindset, just personally. I mean, if you have that mindset, cool. I'm not going to have any have any gripe with you, but... I'll have some gripe. I'll <laughs> make, it, make it fun. <laughs> no, but um, I think it is... Personally, I think it's important to know that that's what happened because I believe that is what happened, that we were bought and that we're slaves to righteousness. And so if you disagree, I mean, that's cool. No, no, no I, I agree with that we're slaves to righteousness. I just think taking that into the... How do I phrase this right? Not taking that you wouldn't remove that when you go into the workplace, hmm. but taking the I'm a slave to righteousness as how I should work in the workplace. That's where I'm wrestling with right now and seeing how that fits to me in life. Like that's a life first, not a work first. Okay. Yeah. I see. I, I think I see where you're going that's, with that. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I'm explaining that crystal clear, but Paul did give us work verses. And talked about work, where yeah. that one's a spiritual life. That's your life. Like you said, that's your lifestyle in general. Like when you were talking earlier about you, when you talk to a boss, like this is my lifestyle. I, I would say that my lifestyle is a slave to righteousness. And that chunk of verses in itself is just packed with so much stuff. Oh, like there's I've, so I've many talked ways to, to a, with that. I've talked to a, a friend who believes because of that verse, we should still abide by the laws of the Old Testament because we're still a slave to that. And that's the that's the danger like you were talking about of preaching and just pulling things out yeah. out of context because there is a lot of I agree there's a lot of danger to doing that as far as keeping things in context. So yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, so as we're approaching the hour mark on this, we've talked about work and how would you summarize any of this? Um, I would summarize this as what my desire would be for Christians to pick up. So Obviously, what we're talking about right now is not very common in Christian lifestyle in secular work environments, but this would be, if, I, if someone was to listen to me right now, I would want them to take this and try and apply it to their life and say, hey, I have not been doing that. I believe that's right, and I want to start doing it. Or even just to, to make them known that this is something that, that God, I believe God would like to see in the workplace. So... Um, because you're judged by what you know. So if you know that this is a thing, then you can't hide from it anymore. Mm-hmm. So what are a couple right and a couple wrong things that you would like someone to take from this? Like you just talked about how like you wanted to take something of this, but what going into that, what is like, hey, try doing this, tr- don't do this? Um, I think one thing, I'm thinking about what, I, what I've been saying. I've been trying to keep tabs on it. One thing that I think people could take out of context from me is when I said that if you accept employment, that you should keep your word as far as not speaking about God. I'm not saying that you should not talk about God, because I think you should talk about God. I'm saying your word is very valuable. God even says himself that um, he watches over his word carefully to perform it. And so I think to if you were approached up front by a boss who said, can't talk about God, you said, cool, not going to. I think you should stick to that or you should quit. Hmm. So I'm not saying you should talk about God. And I'm also not saying that you should look for poor jobs because I believe God wants the best for you. And I want, I believe that he wants you to have money because you need money to survive in this economy. 
So a couple do's and don'ts out of this is do uh, stop grumbling. That's a, that's yes. a do. Like stop don't grumbling. don't grumble. No. And and a do is work as you're working for God and not somebody because you were talking about how you've been bought and how we're working unto God and not unto man. So our work attitude should reflect and make people want to hire us because we're working so hard. And that, yeah. that creates the right mentality. And the don'ts are don't grumble. <laughs> and then like you were just saying, don't just, don't take the, the some of the things that you said for all of it out of context. Like don't take a poor paying job just for poor paying jobs. Sake. Right. And, just because, because if you have that mindset where you're going to take a poor paying job because you think that's what God wants for you, then you get in that mindset that God doesn't want you to have things. And I don't believe that's true personally. Yeah. And that so, could be a, a good one for I'm saying, topic too. What I was saying, and the reason I hit so hard on that is because I wanted to get across that if you feel like you're supposed to go to a less paying job, don't let money be a factor that keeps you from following God. Gotcha. Well, I think we've hammered this topic. We hit the hour mark, which was not our goal. Half no, an hour was our mark. Yes. It was our goal, so we've learned. I don't think we even got to everything. So. I don't, yeah, I think there was a couple <laughs> things I had probably left, but I think we hit the, the conversations that were part of this, and I think it gave us good groundwork to go on. Um, so if you've made it through this far, if you can, go like, go review, go subscribe, do whatever you have to do on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you have a topic you want us to hit, uh, leave us a review, type that in there, and we'll look at that. We'll check that out, and we'll do some studying research. We're going to be bringing on guests to talk about topics that are just too big for just two brains to even talk about. So go and do that. Especially and an hour. Especially just for an hour, yeah. That's, those podcasts with guests might even be longer. Um, you didn't hear that if you were looking for a short podcast. But go do that. Um, until next time, I'm Connie, and this is Stevie B. Signing off. <laughs>